Well, if, if you've been following along uh, the, our preaching series on the Ten Commandments for the last four weeks, it should come as no surprise that this week we are going to have a look at the Fifth Commandment, in which God declares, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And as Paul points out in our reading to the Ephesians, or the reading from the Ephesians, this is the only commandment that comes with a promise, and it seems to be a good one. As a kid, I always thought this meant if you honor your parents, you will live a long life. But one of the problems with that uh, is that this meant that I received this promise as more of a warning uh, because I was a headstrong kid and I sometimes struggled to honor my parents in the way that I thought the commandments wanted me to. There is a saying out there that I may have shared before that arguing with a teenager is like wrestling with a pig. You both get dirty, but the pig enjoys it. <laughs> and I confess this was very true of myself when I was an adolescent. I argued with my parents a lot, and arguing was sport to me. Uh, it was a chance to flex my intellectual muscles to the point that even in the heat of battle, I used to practice my wit as well, throwing a little joke here and there just to stir the pot, just to throw my opponents off balance. <laughs> so I had a friend over for dinner once and for some reason decided to get into an argument with my parents at the table. Thought I was doing quite well with my, my argumentative form as in this verbal joust. Um, you know, thought I was showing off a little bit. But he told me afterwards that he actually made him very uncomfortable. Uh, he just stared down at his dinner. He was too scared to look up in case he made any awkward eye contact with anyone. And he still tells people about this very traumatic experience <laughs> to this day that he had with his now pastor friend. And uh, he has lots of stories like that, and there's, that's the reason you may never meet him. Now, the problem with, with all this, uh, this arguing, all these jokes I made, my desire to win the argument, to prove my desire to prove my parents wrong, was that it was often at the expense of showing them the respect that they deserved. Now, thankfully, God has redeemed this unredeeming quality in me. I'm happy to report my relationship with my parents is, is good now for any of you that were on the edge of your seats in suspense. My argumentativeness has also uh, been redeemed as well. I usually now direct this towards a passion for arguing for the gospel, uh, for faith in Jesus. And I try not to engage in, in arguments just for sport anymore unless uh, a phone company calls me asking for money that I don't think they should get. Then the gloves come off, but I do try to be respectful because I, you know, there's someone on the other end that's just there trying to do their job. But you can see why this fifth commandment may have been cause for potential concern for me uh, when I was younger. We have been looking at the Ten Commandments that God spoke to his people through their leader Moses. And in the first four commandments, we've seen a focus on our relationship with God. As they tell us how to love God with everything we have, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, as we continue through the commandments, we turn today to the fifth commandment, 
which is the first of the remaining six where the focus now shifts, as the remaining six commandments now tell us how to love our neighbors as ourselves. They deal with our interpersonal relationships. Now, this fifth commandment is also the second of only two positive commandments as they tell us something we should do as opposed to something we should not do. And we see in this commandment, this first one that deals with our interpersonal relationships, that our interpersonal relationships begin with the first relationship we ever had in our lives, our relationship with our parents. And God says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The Deuteronomy repetition of the Ten Commandments that was presented to the next generation of Israelites before they entered the Promised Land presents the commandment as, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So we see here that parents have a special place in God's eyes. Life is a sacred gift from God, and so God commands that the humans who gave us life be honored. And the Hebrew word for honor is kabad or kabed, and it can also be translated as give weight to or importance to. And throughout the Bible, there are instructions on how we're expected to do this, so that from a biblical perspective, honoring parents means giving them respect, speaking well of them, politely to them, acting in ways that shows them courtesy and respect and doesn't shame them. That was the problem for me. It means giving them our obedience, also sometimes a problem, respecting their advice, their discipline, their guidance, and following their teaching. And in the setting of the people of Israel, this is meant to mean their instruction in the faith and their example of putting God first as the first four commandments command. And in the setting of the people of Israel, this also means giving them care. And specifically, this meant providing for their needs, providing financial support when they could no longer do so for themselves. Parents support their children when the children are too young to take care of themselves. Children are called to do the same for their parents when their parents are too old to take care of themselves. And sadly for some, this is a novel idea in our, our culture, but in the setting of Israel, this is what was meant to happen. There was this beautiful circle of life that God intended. However, just a side note, in all of these things, it's worth reminding ourselves that none of these are absolute, that if we remember to read this commandment in the context of all ten, we're reminded we're not to put the honor of our parents or of our families above God, as we are to have no other gods before them, and for some of us, that can be a challenge. However, we do see that parents have a special place in God's eyes. Perhaps this is part of the reason why this is the only commandment that does come with a specific promise attached to it. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. As I've already mentioned, as a kid I always thought this meant if you listened to your parents, 
didn't argue disrespectfully with them, you would live a long life. But does this mean that then if you do that, if you do honor your mother and father, if you do respect and obey and care for them, that you then don't have to worry about eating healthy, getting any exercise, going to the doctor, because God promises you're going to live long anyway. That seems silly, doesn't it? That's because it's not really the kind of longevity that this commandment is talking about. Honoring our parents is not an elixir for life. And the reason I say this is because of the second part of that promise, something I never really paid any attention to as a kid. Honor your mother and father so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. God was giving these commandments as part of a covenantal relationship between God and his people. And a big part of this covenant involved his promise to lead the people from Egypt, the land of slavery, into the land God had promised them, the promised land, a land of freedom and prosperity. When God gave this commandment to his people, Israel, as we read it in the Old Testament, he was speaking to all of them as one, corporately, as a people as a whole, rather than just individually. That's how we often read scripture in our cultural setting. But not everything is about me. And in the fifth commandment, God reveals that at the center of our corporate life, our life together as God's people, is the family. The family is the basic building blocks of society. The family is the thread that keeps the fabric of this life together, our corporate life united and strong. There's a quote that states, as the family goes, so goes society. But the problem with this is that these days there is a growing movement in our culture towards a society that wants to take away respect for parents and rather empower children, strip the parents of their power and their role to instruct because there is a growing belief that the children and society know better about what children need. And I have taught in some schools where there are some teachers who have zero respect for parents, and they feel it's their job as teachers to correct all the mistakes the parents are making. This isn't in general, but this is, you know, a movement out there. There is this feeling that's out there. We're on a slippery slope to the deconstruction of family values, stripping away parents' ability to hand those values down to children and giving that role to society, to our education system, to the government. Honoring our parents so that we will live long in the land isn't a popular doctrine in our modern world, our world where youth is worshipped, where old age is dreaded. And we see this in the way so many attempt to remain eternally youthful through whatever means they can find. And that may sound a bit like a personal rant, but it isn't. I didn't just all of a sudden decide to come this Sunday and get up on my soapbox. This is exactly what God is talking about through this commandment, and we see that through the promise attached to it. Because when God talks about obeying parents and respecting their advice, their discipline, their guidance, he's definitely also talking about receiving the values that they hand down to us, following their teaching, their instruction in the faith, their example of putting God first, 
He's talking about listening to parents and following the example as they pass along our religious heritage, which then serves to pass along and preserve the covenant God made with his people, a people who are really just beginning to get to know God through this covenant. God sees the home, the family, as an important and necessary link for this covenant instruction for each successive generation. God was instructing parents to pass along this heritage from generation to generation and commanding the generations that would follow to listen, to receive, to follow and obey these instructions in their faith and then pass them along as well. God promises then that if they do receive and pass their faith along in this manner from generation to generation, he will lead them to the land he had promised, where they will live long and prosper as a whole, as a people. And this prosperity doesn't just mean long life or material success, but rather a life that is filled with God's presence and favor. So even those who find it difficult to get along with their parents are still commanded to honor them and to receive the faith. And we can see how this commandment is clearly fulfilled corporately more than individually as we read on in the report of the history of God's people that we get in the Bible and we see the extent to which the Israelites were blessed in times of obedience. While on the other hand, in times of rebellion and idolatry, we see that they were regularly suffered national punishment. This is the only commandment that comes with a promise, but we can also see how this promise also comes with an on the other hand, or a flip side of the coin. And that's why maybe as a kid I always read it as more of a warning than a promise. But we also see in it the way God intends for things to be, this beautiful mutual relationship between parents and children, this beautiful circle of life how it is to be passed along from generation to generation. That's what God intends. But we live in a fallen world. And the reality is family life very often doesn't reflect these ideas that I've presented, even in my own family. And that's not the half of it. The reality is many families are broken. That's not the intention, but that's the sad truth mentioned earlier that there are those who find it difficult to get along with their parents, but the sad truth is there are many who's, for whom difficulty is a lot more than just getting along. There are many out there, there may be some sitting here today, who have a relationship with parents or children that's broken, dysfunctional, disordered, sometimes even abusive. There's a lot of pain that comes along with family. This is our shared fallen condition. But God has given us hope. As we've been journeying through the Ten Commandments, we've seen that they're all about rescue and redemption. God has given us hope and rescued and redeemed us from all the brokenness, the dysfunction, the disorder and pain through His Son, Jesus. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit have always been a family. You can see in Scripture how they love each other, how they interact with each other and honor one another. 
just as God intends. And we see in this that community, that family, is not something that God created. It's not an aspect of creation. It is an aspect of God himself. And so we who are created in his image are also created to live in the same community, the same family. And the good news is that Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection has redeemed the brokenness of family and formed a new family. Because of what Jesus has done for us, each one of us is welcomed into this new family with our Father in heaven. The Ten Commandments are part of God's old covenant with his people. But through Jesus, we receive a new covenant. And in the new covenant, we are welcomed into God's family. And we don't have to worry about blessings and punishment because of God's grace. Even if we are broken, we are forgiven. And God welcomes us no matter what if we accept this forgiveness. And when we honor our Father in heaven, when we obey his advice, his discipline, his guidance, and follow his teaching and instruction, the promise to live long in the land isn't a promise just to occupy a physical area on earth, but a promise to live with him in his kingdom of heaven forever, just as he intended. Now, I did just say the Ten Commandments were part of God's old covenant with his people, and if you were here yesterday, that might have raised a red flag. But as we heard today from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul reminds Christian believers that we're also called to follow the Ten Commandments, and he specifically mentions the fifth commandment, saying, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. And Paul adds, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And there it is. This is what parents are called to do, and this is why children are called to honor them. And Paul's not teaching here that the fifth commandment is an elixir for long life, nor is he teaching that we can earn life or salvation through simply following the commandments. He's not saying we can earn life or salvation through works. What he is explaining is that the obedience of children is evidence that they are receiving their parents' instruction in the faith, just as he said, their training and instruction of the Lord. And that because of this, they will therefore know God and as a result of knowing God, be saved and welcomed into his family as well. And this is why we see just how very important it is that we instruct our little ones, how very important our kids' zone is to our corporate ministry, that we raise them in the faith so that they too may receive God's promise and be redeemed live forever in his family, in his kingdom. And I'm so thankful that I was raised in the faith by my, parents, by my parents, and because of this, I have received Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my life, and I can look forward to a long and prosperous life with my Father in his kingdom. It is so important that we raise our children so that they may receive the same hope. And so we conclude today by looking again at the Anglican Catechism, which answers the many questions of what it means to be raised in the faith, what it means to be Christian. 
says this is the book I'm talking about. And it instructs us and those who are fathers and mothers to represent to our children the loving care of our Heavenly Father by nurturing and protecting them, teaching and modeling to them the Christian faith and life, as well as guiding and assisting them through their education and encouraging them in their lives and vocations, their calling, and to teach them to, in turn, love, serve, respect, and care for their parents all their lives, and obey them in all things that are reasonable and conform to God's law, just as we do, so that we may all live long in the land the Lord our God has promised. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise to live with you in your kingdom. We thank you for sending your Son to open the door to us. That because of what he has done on the cross, all the ways we fail to live up to your commandments may be forgiven. Thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your redemption. Lord, I do pray for all those sitting here, all those that we know whose families are broken. We recognize how painful this can be. So, Lord, I just pray for healing in those situations that, that they would know the hope that you have to offer. Hope, the healing, and redemption. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Now we're going to continue in prayer. I'm going to invite Josh up to lead us.